Hello, my beautiful beanies, and welcome to The Bean for Friday. First with yesterday's news, I and Glenn ZB were looking back at Thursday. Uh, we're talking baldness, body shaming, zip lining, and taxis. Uh, what a mix. Uh, but first up, uh, the uh, a lot of talk about drugs recently. Uh, are the government uh, going to legalise them, decriminalise them? Is it just the medicinal? What's going on? Surely the fact they've shown enough interest to appoint their own drug reform spokesperson is a good thing. Surely we can't hear enough from people on this. Like the parents of kids who, believing it's a safe drug, became so addicted they've ended up with horrendous consequences. Parents who've lost children to suicide or depression, brought on by years of cannabis abuse. Or the former Former New York Times crime reporter and author, who in investigating the drug industry over many years discovered there is limited medicinal value to cannabis and that most research actually showed it was a neurotoxin that could cause temporary or permanent psychosis, that it is a profoundly dangerous drug for a subset of people who use it, but that we don't even know who that subset is. The stats in other countries who've legalised it on homelessness, mental health, poverty, increased crime and road fatalities. The numbers who've used cannabis only to find it's a gateway to other, even more harmful drugs. The economic and social costs to countries who've legalised it. And that's before we even get to the environmental damage cannabis cultivation causes, which you would have thought would be a priority for the Greens. Turns out the weed industry is a glutton for fossil fuels. Producing a few pounds of weed can have the same environmental toll as driving across America seven times. Marijuana packaging yields over 18 million pieces of plastic. How is this not of great concern to the Greens? The Greens are all for championing an evidence-based approach, but if we don't get full and honest debate from both sides... How will we ever really know the real risks here? How will we ever really get all the evidence from all quarters? Which is why the Greens should be spending less time casting aspersions around whether National might degrade the debate and more time being flush with the facts. Yeah, I don't know if you want to really get let the facts get in the way of, um, of a good argument, do you? Uh, what are the facts on going bald? Is it a major issue? It is for some people, apparently. People like Israel Dag. Israel Dag has revealed or has spoken out saying, yes, I was balding before, but now I have a full head of hair and I'm as happy as a clam. I didn't like going bald at such a young age. And... As a result of the hair transplant surgery, which sounds like quite a big deal, surgeons take hair follicles from the back of the head and they're replanted along his hairline, seven months for it to grow. And then once it's taken, it it's just like having normal hair. Grows forever. Don't need to redo it. He said there were thousands of hairs that were taken and then replanted along the hairline. Took about eight hours hurt a little bit, and for an all-black to say it hurt a little bit, that would probably means hurt like stink. And he said he took a fair bit of ribbing from his teammates because he had to wear special headgear for a while to protect his new do while it was taking. But like tree planting, really, isn't it? You just have to look after the little fledgling trees and nurture them until they grow. At least there was somebody to do his tree planting for him. Um, but how many men who are starting to lose hair worry about it? Is it something that concerns you? Or do you just see it as 
Some people have got a head of hair and some are shiny. Does it depend on how old you are? As regards your attitudes towards balding? Would you consider or have you had a hair transplant? Oh, so spooky. It's like she's talking directly to me. Um, I wouldn't, of course. Uh, I've had a massive receding hairline, well, basically since I've had hair. Um, yeah, it just never really seemed to come all the way to the front of my head for some reason, which is why I shaved it all off in the end. That and the fact that I've got uh, uh, three different crowns on my head whirls around in three different directions on top of my head. So that's that's a disaster. It's just easier to not have it and cheaper for me to just shave it off. Um, but yeah, body shaming generally. Uh, what does Andrew Dickens think about it? I like to hear from people who are avoiding the beach, who are avoiding things because of what they perceive as body shaming. And I want to say to you, why? It, it is what it is. Particularly if you know that's your, it's your genetic makeup. If if your body is not has not always been that shape, and I have children uh, who have had that situation, and they're feeling great right now because they suddenly realise that their habits had ruined their great body. Now they're they're great, um, maybe. But you know, if you are who you are, why can't you stand up for it? Oh eight hundred eighty ten eighty is the number to phone. News talk ZB. Um, and I realise it could be difficult, and in sometimes uh, these sorts of topics is hard to. To be open, but being open and being proud and talking about this stuff is how you get through it. And I do like uh, what Shelley Primstall actually said in all of this, saying that in five or 10 or 20 years time, wouldn't it be great if no more people were pointed at and laughed at because of the way they look, if they wear a bikini on the beach? The wearing of a bikini on the beach, if your body is not primo, is actually a show of strength, is it not? Rather than some weakness to be teased. Again, I feel like I'm, he's speaking to me specifically. Um, and I've really considered looking into uh, whether it's kosher for me to wear a full burqa when I go to the beach. If that's, if that's um, inappropriate and offensive for me to do that. I think it's best for everybody, to be honest. I'm not ashamed of how I look, but I, I know that other people just might be disturbed. Uh, why well, go to the beach when you can go to Rangitoto and go ziplining? Uh, you're on first first impressions on it. Do you think it's a starter? Well, at this stage, it's just an idea that's been floated by James Brown. Um, great to see that initiative and, and the, the thinking that's going into that. Uh, of course, any actual proposal... We'll need a full business case, evaluation of the effects, etc., and, and to determine whether it's actually the right thing to build in the right place. But what is really exciting is, is to see the iwi interest in tourism development in Auckland, which is a huge opportunity. Just from a layman's perspective, Chris, not um, head of um, a tourism industry uh, association, do you think Rangatoto gets the status and the recognitions in the eyes of international tourists that it could? Uh, no, I think you talked about um, viewing it from from um, mainland Auckland, and and that's probably how most international visitors see it as well. It, it mm. attracts some visitors, but mostly domestic visitors. Um, there's definitely an opportunity for it to to be uh, more visited, and um, the same could be said for many of the hundreds of islands uh, in the Gulf. Yes. Um, these islands are, are completely underutilised, um, other than uh, Waiheke. 
Um, and uh, the fact that the iwi now has a, a clear role in determining the future uh, of those uh, motu and, and, and is wanting to allow more people to get there, to make them more accessible to more people, to Aucklanders, New Zealanders and visitors. Some that's a fantastic thing. Is there a pub there? I don't think that... I don't know how keen I am on visiting places where you can't go to the pub. Is it, that's a problem, isn't it? I've got a problem. Um, and also, you can't catch a taxi either. Mind you, can you ever? I thought I'd have a little grizzle about taxis. Is that yes. okay? Yeah. Is it going to help you? Yes, yes, it's going, oh, to help per- my, it's going to help my mind immensely. Oh, that's fantastic. I'm here to help. That, that, yeah, you knock, <laughs> knock us out. Tell us what's happening. Okay, I live a half an hour from Wellington Airport, and the taxi drivers are always, are always in a temper with me. They yell at me, they curse at me, they tell me to get out, um, because they've been waiting at the airport for, say, two hours, and because I only live a half an hour away, it's not worth their money, it's not worth their while. And yeah. one man said, get out. Another one said, I'm not complaining, he said it seven times in between the airport and my house, and they're always cursing and just refusing. And so I rang up the supervisor a couple of months ago, and he said, look, go to the last cab on the Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say to do, Lorraine. So tonight, I went to the last cab on the rank, and and I and he said, no, I'm not taking you. Go to the first cab. Oh, and that's said, bad. Why, re- wouldn't, why wouldn't he take you? Because he said... Um, you've got to go to the first cab. And I said, but I can't take the first cab. I didn't want to go through hell again, you know. Why don't you just take Uber like a normal person? Um, I, 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 I don't mean to make fun of her because I like the way that she used the word grizzle. I haven't heard the word grizzle for ages. I'm probably a bit of a grizzler when I think of it. I'm definitely grizzled. I am Glen ZB, grizzle Glen ZB. Uh, that has been News Talk ZB for Friday for the week. Uh, we'll be back here with a weekend edition on Monday. See you then.